The following report to the Royal Geological Society by the undersigned Alexander Saxton is a true and faithful account of events that befell the Society's expedition in Manchuria. As the leader of the expedition, I must accept responsibility for its ending in disaster. There's something out there. Sharks? Sharks? There are no sharks in the Hawaiian archipelago! Tear them up! Episode 16, Up from the Depths of the Horror Express. So you're not, you're not feeling well today. No. Yeah, I've got a horizontally impacted wisdom tooth that is infected. But I'm going to be miserable at home. I might as well have some fun. So now, are a, we going to try to pull that out with a string and a door? Are we going to pull I would. Like a, oh, my God. If somebody said put a wrench in there and you would get it in one shot, I would do it. It's really weird because everybody tells you you can't get it. You can't get an, an appointment until you know Doomsday by Mephiscopheles. Doomsday, Doomsday. <laughs> but you go like this. You go. I I got tears in my eyes. All right, come on in. We'll work. I mean, it's like you really find out everything is bullshit. Everything is bullshit. I mean, we know money's bullshit. Land is bullshit. Every. Do you do you really need to work eight hours a day? Of course not. Do you need to come in? No. But thank God we don't have to do any of that crap. We can talk about horror movies. Right. Because this is the Tear Them Apart podcast. And I'm Paul. And I'm Evan. And that almost sounded like we were like, let's figure it out. Let's do this. Let's write this down. But we didn't. I, I realized, you know, might as well get out of the way. We forget to talk about, like, patrons. I, I don't know. Do we have any still? Yes, we do. God bless you all. Zod bless you all. Godzilla bless you all. Paul and I are going to try to get the Tear Them Apart logo t-shirt going. We just haven't. Everything's cuckoo. Yeah. And I did no no research for this episode. I well, was going to, and I got sidelined. I was so you embarrassed. Have. But I was so embarrassed by my lack of knowledge on the Phantasm films. I didn't rewatch any of that yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I got some nice mail on it, you know? People no, I don't, I don't People care. Don't, oh, no, I'm just saying, you know. So what are we going to talk about today? We don't have a topic. We have movies. We have two movies. Well, one's a good, bad movie, and one's a, a good, good movie. But yes, and we're going to take the good-bad movie first. Right. And the good-bad movie is... Up From the Depths. Which is hard to say if you're from New York. Yeah. I have trouble with it. I keep saying Up From the Depths. <laughs> Up From the Depths. Which are totally different movies. Beneath these waves lies a horror beyond imagining. Hungry for human flesh. And it's coming up from the depths. <laughs> Run, get out of its way if you can. A living tidal wave of terror is rising, clawing, eating its way up from the depths. Yes, up from the depth. It's from 79. It's a Corman-made right. film. It's a movie I skipped. Yeah. I've seen it. You know what I mean? It's one of those endless yeah. Jaws is it Italian? I always thought this was an Italian film. Right, because it but looks I, so bizarre. It is so bizarre. So when did you watch it? Well, um, just uh, last month. There's a channel, YouTube channel called Movie Timeline. And this guy does what we used to do. And he would watch a scene. He yells so, at people that they're stupid. He tells them they're stupid makes no, them cry. No, he's nice. Oh, okay. And He's the, nice. He's, <laughs> he's large. So so what he does is he'll watch a series and he'll see if there's ah, continuity and right. if it makes sense. Right. 
Well, he was doing a list of rip-off Jaws films. I was on the Discord uh, site for uh, The Good Friends of Jackson Elias, and I recommended this as a entertainingly terrible movie. And Scott Dorwood was like, oh, you know, he, he liked shark movies. And I was like, it's... I don't want to blow, you know, I don't want to blow this for you, but you got to know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what. And I couldn't tell you what it looks like. I couldn't draw like a funny Garfield looking cartoon of it if I had to, because they throw red dye in the water every time it moves. It's It's, it's insanely (laughs) stupid. It really is. It really is. And it's good to come into it kind of cold, which means maybe you want to listen to some of what we're going to say. It's not big spoilers. But but we are going to spoil the whole We movie. are going to spoil it. But here's the thing. Apparently, it was supposed to be a comedy. Right. This I read afterwards. Mm-hmm. I had absolutely no idea because while I'm watching it, you can't help but say they weren't taking this seriously. There are movies with jokes in them like Piranha has a lot of humor in it. But it's a horror movie with humorous things in it like The Howling. It goes beyond camp though. I mean, you're watching it and it's, it's a bad Jaws ripoff and then it becomes... It go, it's, it's like it's on laughing gas. I feel like if it wasn't for the last act of this film, <laughs> it would be kind of mediocre and goofy. Yeah. But they decide to do something, which I call the plan. They they enact the plan. It kind of turns into... And it's into, the most ridiculous thing. It really is. I mean, I I back the shit up on that scene where they basically go, the big W, well, let's all go get... It turns into, it's a mad, 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 mad... Joe's ripoff. Right. It just so, goes off the rails. So I guess we should explain what the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> what we have is we have a um, uh, a resort hotel <laughs> or a resort something. It's that's nebulous. Supposed to be, yeah. It's supposed to be uh, in the Hawaiian Islands, but is this film was made in the Philippines? So they really. Up, they I didn't. Re- I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell for a while what it was because there was so much. It was a lot of appropriation of Polynesian stuff. And it's 1979, so it was really hard to tell where this was supposed to take place because they don't really care. Yeah, it makes sense. Hawaii would have been expensive to film it. Actually, it's really expensive to film there. Amityville in Jaws is our island and hotel. And the hotel manager or owner? He's the assistant manager. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought he owned the joint. Well, he acts like he acts like he owns the joint. Yeah, he he's well, he's Murray Hamilton. Well, we have he's the mayor, right? So yeah, so he's the uh, <laughs> he's he's the uh, assistant manager, and he takes care of everything. His name's Forbes, and he's a character. He's an utter prick, and he acts like he's in a different movie from the get go. He he acts like. I can't think of his name. Uh, Eating Raul. Paul Bartel. Yes. Who's in Piranha. (laughs) As the joke character. But whereas in Piranha, spoilers, there's what I think is a terrific... Piranhas? Yeah, there are piranhas. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. We're in trouble. There are piranhas. There's a scene in Piranha that I always talk about when I talk about flipping the scene. Paul Bartel is the bastard. You really don't like him. He's a really creepy camp counselor. He acts like a jerk. He's really obnoxious. He's mean to the kids. The, when the comedy stops, there's a scene where the piranhas attack all these kids. He steps up and starts saving kids. And they don't even make a big deal out of it. And I just, that has always stayed in the back of my mm. mind. 
In this movie, we do not have anyone trying to do anything well, interesting it, like that. Weird about it is some of the choices they make for characters don't really do anything for the plot. No. They seem There's ridiculous. A, it's like a lot of sitcom and ABC Saturday Night television show characters got thrown on this island. It's kind of like, here's a funny purser, here's a wacky photographer, here's a crusty ship captain. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of unnecessary characters, in fact. <laughs> All of them are unnecessary. It's true, but this thing turns into the biggest, littlest film. You know, they just, they have like 20 well, moving part characters that keep coming back and having dialogue and, right. and, and sort of affect things. Uh, our main character is uh, a bottoms, one of the lesser bottoms. Okay, we'll get back to this with the bottoms in the tops of these movies. There's a lot of bottoms in these films, it seems. Yeah. Is it Sam Bottoms? I believe it is Sam Bottoms. Larry Bottoms? <laughs> Billy Bottoms? Yeah, it's Sam Bo Bottoms. Bo Bottoms. Yeah. His, uh, he's got a, I think it's his Uncle Earl, and they seem to be... Is it? His, that was his uncle? I think they say uncle. He's kind of like the... I rewatched this last night. Oh. I took notes. It's hard to remember. And I was fucked. Well, because it's it, it really is like an old comic book. It really is like a 50s comic book with it. Or a 30s comic book where it's just like, what do I need now? Put a tiger in this thing. I mean, if pra- anything that you, they found in the back room, they threw in. I mean, they give everyone shit to do. Right. It, it really is like one of those all-star 1941. It's a mad, 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 mad world. It really feels like somebody... Love those movies, but they had no stars. <laughs> but they treated them like stars. Sam Bottoms is what is he? Are they just scammer, tourist Con scammers. Adam. Yeah, yeah. So th- their whole thing is they scam people at this hotel, and the manager, right. the, our, our assistant hates, manager, right. hates he's him. always after. Why yeah. you? How, I'll throw you off the. Oh, you, you guys. So that's right. They seed treasure, like cheap treasure, and they sell trinkets, right. which is not a bad idea for characters. Right, but, it, it but allows... their con man, the fact they're con men doesn't affect Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. They could have you're been right. just charter fishermen. You're right. They don't... It was just... A sh- you're right. Just to have shtick. Because shtick. they just had to... How do I get through the first 20 pages of script? <laughs> oh, Jesus. How about some con man stuff? And that's really what they do. Right. The characters don't have the same relationship. I didn't know that was his uncle because the two of them are at odds and then they're friends and then they're at odds. Then they're ripping each other off. But that doesn't affect the script either, does it? No. When no. they start like... It literally has nothing... Backstabbing it, each other in a nope. congenial manner because they don't discover things. It fills time. Yeah. But yeah. it's not important to the plot. Our movie opens with uh, two people on a boat. One's a scientist who's... Which we don't know is a scientist. Well, we do know he's a scientist, but we don't know he's a serious scientist because they're just on this fucking little cheap boat. A woman that he seems to be having she's some... She's young. I think it's, he, she's a student that I I'm think I'm sorry, but I was a little... Yeah. Like, the first scene is this, like, nubile teenager with this creepy... And you don't know their relationship because he's sending her over the boat in scuba gear. Right. But they're not really saying much, so... You don't know what's going on at all. Right. And it goes to shit pretty quick. Yeah, she goes into the water and she's attacked by something you really can't see. She's attacked by red dye. Well, red dye always comes up. Right. It's amazing. This thing vomits red dye. You don't actually bleed. You choke on red dye, number two. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever the thing comes up from the depths, red dye gets spilled into the water. Right. Right in front of the camera. Right. And you can't see a fucking thing. It's it's like... It's like... uh, a Sid and Marty Croft explosion, like, uh, from, you know, like, uh, Witchy Poo or, uh, 
I don't remember the name of the professor uh, that Charles Nelson Riley played in Lidsville. But it's like all of a sudden there's smoke everywhere and you don't know what's going on. It stays weird because you don't know that you're about to watch something that falls apart completely. You think <laughs> it's serious. The guy drives off and then just doesn't give a shit. That this was one. pointed out in the review that made it me want to watch this. It doesn't make any sense. He's, he's basically lost someone. He he's comes annoying. back to the shore. Yeah. He stumbles and then a little while later... He's fine. Within he like three or four shots, he's talking to some guys in another boat. He's just jokes. like, he's making jokes and laughing about stuff. And then just like as an aside. Oh, yeah. She's like an assistant or something. And he was grading her. Well, he's, well, the scientist is important because he's been collecting sort of. fish right, as right. specimens. Because it turns right. out that weird fish are, are showing up because... I read somewhere it was an earthquake, but I don't I remember. Don't remember I don't believe there was an earthquake. But there was something that was causing prehistoric fish to show up yeah for a short period of time right. to come I, up from the depths exactly working that but they don't really Corman. they don't really i mean he talks about that he's got like this he's experimenting and exploring but he doesn't really seem to do much yeah. that character he's another one that didn't well, he, need to be there he's like every other character in this movie that is there and then disappears yes. and comes back and yeah. disappears yeah. and comes back. I don't remember him being important. I don't remember whether he... He he's, gets hurt at the end, I he's think. He's actually very important at the end when we get to that. That's right. So a girl is killed. Right. Nobody gives a shit. They cover it up. Right. Right? Doesn't the hotel... Well, no, hotel no. They, yeah. they, don't, they can't find her. We, we get introduced right. to the local Say, cop who's worthless. Oh, my God. I forgot there's a local cop. All right. he does is walk out of that local... He's Cop suspicious office. a lot of things. He is, and he shifts his pants and kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Shifts his belt, but I don't think he does a damn thing. Not really. He doesn't even kind of try to cover it up. Not long after that, one of the employees of the hotel finds a hand. Oh, right, right, right. And tells <laughs> Forbes, our assistant manager, about it. Now what? Listen, Mr. Forbes, I found something you should know about. Well, leave it on my desk. It's a human arm. Well, then keep... You found what? A human arm. A woman's, I think. Good God, where? On the reef. The currents have been... But not on hotel property. No. What do you want me to do with it? It's not my responsibility. Do what you like. Throw it back. And he just like, well, it's... don't worry about it. And Forbes is not entirely evil. He's just clownish. No, he's... he's yeah, he's over the top. He, you keep expecting Forbes to, you know pay someone off, try to get Sam Bottoms killed, kill the... Isn't there... There's a reporter who shows up for no reason. For no reason. reason. Get you, but for all Forbes does really is mince, complain, and point at people. And he's really oh, good. I he's like actually... Him. He's actually very funny and entertaining. It, it, it's not like there's a false note to his terrible character. His, the performance is what you need. It's just that you don't expect this two-dimensional Paul Bartel... Yeah. Uh, to just start eating the scenery and being funny all the time. Right. All the time. And he's not, yeah, he is definitely he over the top. He basically yeah. poisons the movie, you know what I mean? The more interactions you have with him, the dopier and weirder and closer to comedy, and then finally this movie gives up. <laughs> Except it was supposed, to, I guess we should, it was supposed to be a comedy. With horror elements. It was supposed to be a Jaws parody, what I remember reading. Right. And, and Corman went... Fuck no. Right, and wound up cutting it to shit. If you watch this and think that this is a, a, a dramatic horror movie, you'll, you're out of your mind because it's still a comedy. 
It's just now you can't tell what the intentions were. Right. Which makes it funnier. <laughs> I mean, this is a funny fucking movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sam Bottoms seems high all the time. <laughs> the guy who plays the scientist doesn't seem to give a shit. No. The captain, his uncle, doesn't give a shit. He's Quint. Right. He's, he's our Quint. Yeah, Quinty. Quint, he's Quint-esque. <laughs> and Sam Bottoms is basically our Dreyfus character in a way. And the cop is the most ineffective uh, Roy Schneider ever. They right. don't really care about authority in this movie. Right. Now, we have another character who's the public relations person. Her character is impossible hotel. to figure out exactly what the fuck. Because I don't know what she's doing. She's literally the girl. We, we have yeah, the girl in the movie. She's She works for the hotel. She does things that make no sense. She's literally just an ornament because she's supposed to have a girl. And she's involved with Sam Bottoms. And they have, early on, they have Are conversations. They? I don't know. <laughs> and they just have these, the worst scenes are with those two right and, and there are times where there are times where they don't really seem to pay attention to each other and then there are times where they they look like they basically are just about in, to fuck in there's that life. one scene yeah, yeah. where you feel like they're scared they're gonna cut the scene at any moment because sam bottoms is practically dry humping her and it comes out of nowhere he basically has a conniption later on and it has nothing to do with the plot no it doesn't mean anything and she's but she starts laughing her ass off and you just feel like They've given up on this movie completely. <laughs> this movie in some ways reminded me of the kind of movie that we have watched before and love, where it seems like they've, they've either given up or don't care. It's acknowledged by everyone. Like Beat the Devil, it feels like a practical joke. Played on Corman, on you, on <laughs> Jaws, on, on reality. It really isn't a Jaws it is. It's got the structure, it's a, but it, they don't care. But it's not even a par. It, <laughs> it's got the music. It's terrible. It's right. got the water, people disappearing. It's got a beach. It's got characters that are trying to protect tourism. Right. Characters. But it, it has the template, but it doesn't care what's in that template, if you know what I'm saying. They're just. They're not trying to scare you. It is not a scary film at all. No. There are no scares. It has a couple of gory things in it, but they're just... Maybe that's where the hand came from, because that's kind of a weird outlier. Mm. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah. The, when we meet Forbes in the beginning, I guess I should go back. We, yeah, we also meet the Ropers, the Ropers oh, characters. God. You know, we still got two days left on this crummy tour deal. Are you kidding? This place is a death trap. But only if you go in the water. Only if you go in the water. Hey, you know, we could use the pool. We could go next door at home and use the Doc Satter's pool. Right. Who are your typical American tourist joke characters? Right. Husband and wife, he's a drunk, they're stupid, they get conned by, by the, our yeah. bottoms. He's trying to get bargains. But they he, don't really like each other, but then sometimes they do like each other. It's very haphazard. When we meet him, because the, this monster has been eating things in the, in the ocean, he's covered with blood. He's in the yes, water covered with right. blood. Yeah. But he doesn't wash it off in no. the water. Yeah, the movie is almost like airplane for jaws <laughs> except it's not right because it it's as if airplane had real tense sequences where everybody was serious and then no jokes for a while just crap but it's th that's why it's an entertaining movie because mm. it's really really impossible to pin down it's such a cheap mess that i thought it was italian or spanish or something like that because there's a lot of funny dubbing and it's not because it's necessarily a foreign film with foreign actors it's because they shot a lot of stuff silent or they looped you know they came in afterwards and just had people 
yell over. So there's sometimes there's mismatched stuff, but they're all speaking English. And there's a lot of awkwardness. There's a lot of arms flailing around. A lot of women. Yeah. There's a, a lot of check out the hula dancers. Check out look who's the this girl. Bikini, yeah. Then a then a model shows up out of nowhere well, and oh look at the pretty fish, the fish like bubble gum. She's in. She's just a victim, but they give her all this backstory and crap for no reason. Right. It's interesting because we have several characters that only show up to die. Right, but they don't show up to die the way that normally characters show up to die, where they're like, you know, the, the sanitation worker that looks in the alley, or the cop that has the flashlight, or uh, the, the the security guard who goes in the cellar, the woman who, who swims out for a late night swim. They get scenes as if it was in their contract. Okay, you get to do all this stuff, and that. the model seems like she's an important character. Right. It's not a swerve, though. It's just that they eat up, they don't know what to do to eat up scenes. And it's like, let's have photo shoots with her. Let's have reporters and paparazzi. It takes a while to find out what she is. I thought she was an actress or an heiress. We're introduced to this, uh, I think he's a German tourist. He takes pictures. Yeah. And I thought there was a reporter in there. Is there both? No, the reporter shows up at the bar near the Oh, the German, okay, now I know who you're talking about. He's another victim, right? Isn't he... Because he goes out with the, the, pu- the yeah. public relations person. Yeah, that, it happens pretty like, early and it's very confusing. It looks like it's a date. Are they getting food? And I don't understand. They, don't bother, they actually, several times, if I remember correctly, don't bother to set up the scene. You have to wait for either later in the scene or another scene for somebody just to fucking say... That guy's a photographer, and I'm taking him around for a couple of shots because I don't know why. She's a model. She says to him, oh, don't take pictures of me because this tourist is now taking pictures of her on a right. rock, which... It wasn't him... a rock. It wasn't a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was... So, which puts him in the water, which gets him killed. But she says to him, oh, t- wait for so-and-so to show up. She's like a Playboy penthouse type model. So she's a skin magazine model. I didn't remember that. She says it in a couple of seconds on a rock. I'll play a clip. You shouldn't bother taking pictures of me. You should wait for Iris Lee. Iris Lee? Sounds like a Chinese flower. She's an English playmate. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. And falling from the center. That character was introduced through dialogue early on? Yes. to do with anything i didn't remember that at all hmm this all makes this is all all different now this throws this all in a different light it's coming together it's very brechtian (laughs) which means i don't know what i'm talking about that character gets even more weight then from a script point of view you're anticipating this character showing up and literally all she does is take off her top i just remember she shows up to basically provide the roger corman's skin I mean, Corman is such a weird bastard. You know what I mean? He's like, he's seen as this erudite, knowledgeable, cultured person. And then in the next sentence is, yeah, he sent it back for reshoots to have more rape scenes. I mean, I I have issues with Corman. When does she get... She does get it, though. She gets it pretty early, quickly after that. In her scene where she's on her photo shoot on the boat, they're attacked by the monster and a bunch of people are killed. And I guess she's dead. They don't show characters after they're being attacked like they've... But yeah, they find body part. It's like they don't want the actor around anymore. They're just like, you can go home. <laughs> or maybe the actor's wandered off and they were like, where's Fred? We need him for... 
Oh, fuck. Uh, whatever. Somebody stick your hand up. It does have a decent body count, if if that matters. They, you know, they chop, yeah. chop up a couple of people. They finally acknowledge that there's a thing coming up from the deaths. Right, because... We, no one can We have the worst it. death in the movie, where uh, Bottoms and um, our captain, his uncle captain friend, con a, a couple of people to go on their boat... Right. 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 And there's this prolonged underwater scene. Right. That is. That's the probably the only dull thing. Well, my my feeling is that every time they're underwater, I go to sleep. It's like sleeping medicine. Sleeping medicine. It's terribly done. It's actually subpar underwater photography, even for the genre. It's like they're in a dirty aquarium, like a dirty aquarium. It's not one of those aquariums where all of a sudden, like the goldfish are giant and shit. You know, like the. Everything's just dirty and cheap looking and absolutely unexciting. Nothing happens on camera. It's just endless skin diving. Right. And they add another plot element where our con men have used the story that there's a treasure to be had. Right. But one of the guys they're conning from the hotel finds the treasure. Right. I forgot about that. And then he gets killed and they just go, let's get the fuck out of here. There's another guy in the boat. It's like, aren't we going to wait for him? Oh, no, he's dead. Shouldn't we wait for him? Oh, there was a storm. They just say nonsense. In a lot of ways, Up from the Depths is it's a cautionary tale about the future we're living in right now. There, are no, reper- so? there are no repercussions. Okay. Uh, there is no reason to help others. There's no, there is no consensus reality. And um, Monster fish is killing people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be a fish. Because I think by this part, also, the sci- if I remember, the scientist found scales. He finds like scales, which yeah. looks like somebody's Ray-Bans or something like that. <laughs> and he goes, oh, this is the fish I'm looking for. Not that it really matters. There is no scene in this movie where somebody goes and shows old footage of sharks and coelacanths and goes, well, the weakness, you know, like in Them or any of those type movies, they don't discuss this thing really. They have no... Well, they don't know what the fuck it is. They don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. We kind of never know what it is. Nope. And the few times that you kind of see it, it looks like some paper mache yeah. crap. And it just looks like a f- part of a fish. Don't think it has a tail. I don't think it has... It really doesn't have... Does it have... It has eyes. There's an eye somewhere. But it, all it has is a tube that shits out red dye number two. Right. But... You're into it. There was an amazing... I do want to say there was an amazing scene that isn't like the later scenes when the thing... Go- it goes bug fuck when there's an attack and everybody starts... Pa- there's the panic scene. Well, that's where it changed. Panic scene is hilarious. Up till then, we're introduced to these characters. They're doing things. We there's don't a, there's also... You get some a Japanese tourist and there's a lot of racist jokes about him. Yeah. There's other tourists who are... Almost everybody's drunk. Right. And there's a lot of people who want to fish and then there's people who want to drink. There's that couple that just sit at the outdoor bar, the grass right. hut bar. The and English make, ropers. The English ropers who just make, you know, Richard Dawson and his and his bird. Three drinks being served in the Frenchie Penner room. Three drinks? And the rats are leaving. The bar must be sinking. You know, that must have been a hell of a party we had last night. And they just make barbs about everyone. They're kind of like a, a drunk chorus. Yeah. And, and we have our regular ropers, see... which are... They're a big part of the movie, unfortunately. Right. Their comic relief, they they. But you need relief from their comic relief. Nothing they do makes sense. It's just bad joke. It's just terrible, terrible. He's ugly and overweight. Takes his shirt off. She's a shrew. It's just it really. It's the it's it's the lockhorns and the rovers. It's just (laughs) awful. There's an attack, and 
there's no denying now that there's a monster. Right. And for some reason, everybody on the beach freaks the yeah, fuck out. Yeah, everybody takes PCP, and there's an actually violent, com comically violent scene where it looks like people probably got hurt because they just start knocking each other. They just, it's like they threw a dollar, you know, off, off camera. And whoever gets the dollar, they get to go home. And they just knock shit over. They just go, and it's an extent, they just keep working it. And the Richard Dawson and his bird are just drinking the whole time and watching the shit. And it's really physical and funnier than it has any right to be. That's that scene is a it, that's a set piece of stupidity. Well, there's a there's it's a just mayhem. Where the Ropers they do this joke. He says, uh, "Why are we running?" Which is the truth. Oh, oh God! Don't let it get me! I'm out of it. Fish can't walk. Everybody's running. Fish can't run either. <laughs> it's a fish. It's one fish. Here comes the fish. But once you get to that scene, all bets are off. It, the rest of the movie is pure gold. Yeah. Because yeah. Now the aftermath we see the next day. There's a triage of people yeah. laying on the ground with these people in crazy nurse yeah, outfits. It's like Normandy after the and fucking people war. Are bandaged ridiculously. Yeah. Their yeah. arms. There's one character it's like whose face is completely <laughs> yes. who walks across the screen. I mean, you can. That's when you realize they know what they're doing. Exactly. I mean, that they're absolutely. This is a farce, mm. and this is probably a lot of the original film. It's. I can't say it's hilarious. You know, this isn't. You know, like smart stupid, but it's savvy stupid. They're throwing crazy. It's. It gets very mad. Mad. I kept thinking. Okay, this is up the Academy from the deaths, which is a terrible movie. Up the Academy. But this has this kind of go for broke. Tickle your ass with a feather? Tickle your ass with a feather? What? I said, uh, it's particularly nasty weather that we're having. Oh. Oh my God. How does anybody, you got to put that in. Who remembers a quote from that? All they remember is that like Ron, what's his face, <laughs> that creepy bastard with the hairy back is in it. And there's an Alfred E. Newman statue, and that's the link to Mad Magazine. Right. What a horrible movie. It just felt like somebody who definitely read Mad Magazine. But then, yeah, a guy walks by like who looks like a mummy. And they took time to do that. You know, that you don't just... Right. Somebody's got to wrap that guy's head for a reason. And that's when you start to really kind of love this movie. Right, right. you got to get through the beginning to get yeah. to the end. Yeah, but the, the beginning, you don't know where you, you're footing it. You know what I mean? You don't have firm footing of what is wrong with this movie other than... It stinks. Mm. It's entertaining because it's a mess. And it's funny because it's so badly done and the choices don't make sense and the actors don't seem to be mentally engaged. And <laughs> Sam Bottoms definitely seems like he's basically just laying half the cast and smoking pot with the other half or at the same time. He's really kind of scary at times. I'm just like, I'm waiting for him to just rip his clothes off and start ripping it out and just doing the most, you know, wangozy tango creepy shit because he does not give up. Fuck. He's a young kid on an island getting paid to do this stupid movie, and he seems to not give a fuck. When when you get to the panic scene, and then the triage scene, and then and then the, the movie, plan. then the plot kicks in, right? And then and the, the plan. That's a, the plan. The plan. Just before the attack, uh, <laughs> Captain Earl and Forbes 
talk to each other, who hate each other. Forbes has been throwing yeah. Bottoms and, and Earl out of the yeah. hotel all the time. There's a lot of hilarious backstory. Like, They're scamps. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're scamps, and he's the man. Right. Yeah. Let's... I got a plan. What would the plan be for you if you're a hotel administrator? Close the beach down, call in uh, oceanographers or, the or you know, the authorities, and just... You know, basically, um, you're gonna. It's gonna be pretty easy to find this giant prehistoric fish and and catch it with the right equipment, because it's not fast and it's not clever, and it's very very dangerous and it's a scientific abno- anomaly. So I would call the experts call to the capture expert. it. Now, let's say you were in a classic Jaws ripoff movie. What hmm. would you do? Possibly cause uh, as much hysteria as possible. Mm-hmm. And send people to their doom. Right. In an attempt to kill this thing with blades, bows and arrows, and and because, uh, yeah. black market guns. Because. And explosives, if I remember correctly. Because. It's so fucking as, good. As, 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 as tourists are leaving the hotel in droves, bandaged it's so and bloody. Good. It's so good. They announce. Forbes. Announces. Forbes literally just basically starts screaming at them, you know. You gotta stay. I'll give you, free, right. you know, I'll give you stuff. The plan is, but it's hilarious. He's gonna. There's a bounty and rewards for killing the fish. What the, is that bounty, though? This is what's great. Up like a, a case of rum, a week in the presidential suite, and a thousand dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, Connies and Wainies, big news. We've all heard we've been terrorized by what some people say is a sea monster. <laughs> well, I say it's only a fish. And we're not going to be intimidated by a fish. Instead of giving up, the tropical palace is going to fight back. Modesty in the face of this fish is no virtue. Earl Sullivan, our neighborhood pirate, offers a case of rum. No. I'm offering $1,000 for the head of this despicable animal. And you can bring it to me in as many pieces as you like. $1,000. Not a case of cheap rum. And a week in the presidential suite. All expenses paid. He always hated being assistant manager. Now let's go fishing! I almost shit my pants because I just couldn't believe... Were they really trying to be funny here? Or, I mean, I just love the fact that they tell everybody... There's two things that are great about this scene. One, he gets up there and makes some sort of, like, Guy Caballero offer. Right? (laughs) I'll give you, um, you know, a free meal, a back rub, but you got to go out in the water and kill this monster on your own. They provide nothing. And these are all out of shape. I mean, these you know what I mean? And wounded. And the thing is they're they're literally fleeing the premises because they're scared of the sh- they're scared of dying. All that it takes to turn them around is to turn this into a contest and you get to stay in a nice room. 
right. of the place that you're afraid of. It's literally turning kids around with ice cream right. to get this, the shit knocked out right. of them by the school right. bully. Right. It's, but what's the funnier part of that? How do they respond? Well, they Are they interested? You might... They're frenzied. It's the best scene in the movie. The characters, for me, for the me. characters get up. They're spears that are decorative yeah. stuff throughout this lounge yeah. they're in. People start grabbing the spears off the wall. It's one of the first things they do. Yeah. They're like Sergio Aragona's characters. <laughs> they're stomping over each other. They're pushing each other. They start to almost get into fights to get the spears. And then they show them storming the sports equipment right, store. So, right, so the, in like, this... I mean, this, it turns into, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Right, and, the, and the, it turns it's out, at this resort, insane. there's a sporting goods store that sells an amazing amount of firearms. Yeah, for some reason, they have they have kayaks, canoes, and... Uh, tennis rackets and Uzis. Uzis, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they start pulling guns out, and they're marking them up. So they're making money. These guys are spending five thousand fucking dollars to win one thousand dollars. It doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> it's just beautiful, and they're fighting over it. And even the ropers are into it. Right, right. Like everybody just becomes right. The ropers buy a crossbow. <laughs> Nine dollars an hour. That's right. Each, each. I get seasick. Well, what am I gonna do? Roll a boat and shoot the crossbow at the same time? I'll shoot the crossbow. You don't know how to shoot a crossbow. I don't know how to row a boat either. To go on in a boat with. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 actually hilarious. Yeah. It's just it's just farcical, and I don't know how smart it is or how stupid it is, but it's very entertaining oh. because those scenes I backed it up watching people fighting over this. I mean, they literally act like children who are being given toys. Mm. And they, everybody becomes a cartoon character. Yeah, our, our, they were already two-dimensional ding-dongs. Right. But now they become all the characters in the background of like a Don Martin well, or, we get, or a Mad we get, Magazine thing. They you know, become a frenzied mass of nut jobs. We get that ter- terrible stereotypical um, oh, Japanese... Oh, the Japanese tourist pulls out swords he's and got does sword. ninja stuff. We meet three, and he's incompetent. Uh, th- we meet three like um, yokel guys. That, that scene might be... <laughs> I made Stevie watch that yesterday. And you know, ones who like destroy their boat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because because I mean, it really does become like the boatniks, right? Because <laughs> with they, guns, they literally run to the beach with their weapons that they've just acquired yeah. or stolen. But yeah, they're upselling boat prices. Yeah, everybody's getting ripped off. Are, right? There's these guys who are obviously drunk. Go up to this boat that looks like shit, which has yeah, a ridiculously long, all, funny all, name. They're on. all rummed out. Yeah, right. And he has. His flamethrower. Flame yeah. His mate. He made. A yeah. Fl- I don't know how he. Did Actually, it. it's kind of like a hundred Paul Girardi's. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I... <laughs> my, oh my fucking tooth! <laughs> I was gonna oh. say. We we know people. Uh, we know people who do this, and they all hung out at the comic books. <laughs> they would build their own shit, and they would spend two thousand dollars to make one thousand dollars and get a case of rum. And they would shoot each other and burn their boats down and break things and blame other people and fuck everything up. They really, really would. Oh, oh man, oh my mouth hurts really bad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that's a very good scene. I'm picturing specific people from our lives in the 80s right. in I'm, boats sinking with right. guns and I fire. See, I see Pat. I see Paul. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. 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 Yeah. Morrissey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. 
leaving all this in. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my head hurts so bad. I can't believe this. Oh, man. The handmade flamethrower really is is right. 80s nerd Staten Island, man. The cheap boat goes up in flames. They Every, jump out yeah. like it's the A-team. They're yeah, flying, yeah. And Whoa! It, and with, yeah, up. and that's the other thing. It doesn't go for, uh, for a body count in these scenes. You know what I mean? Because right. it just turns into a very weak animal house. Well, uh, Forbes yeah. shoots himself in the foot. <laughs> That, I like that. Yeah, I was happy with that. I mean, it's just uh, that it's, might be it, a little earlier. Yeah, actually. that might be in the panic yeah, scene. Yeah, that's the panic scene. And he bitches when he bitches about shooting himself in the foot. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the movie just goes off the rails. I mean, it becomes a different movie. It's as jerky as the movie is. It becomes so unserious in right. that last half hour. Then our, our scientist comes back. He wants right. to capture him alive. Of course, right. That's what scientists do. They bring do up... fu- and they say something like, "Oh, we're gonna put him on a, we're gonna, we're gonna tranquilize him, and then we're gonna put him in a net and put him on a boat." I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna... absolutely ridiculous because he's a scientist and he's going to save this thing and make his. Na- I think, yeah, he's gonna make yeah. his name for it. And then Captain Unreal. Earl, he wants to get the uh, treasure that the guy he was conning actually found. Yeah, that was very and unnecessary. Then, very and unnecessary. Then and then Sam Bottom splits off from him, jumps in the water, and goes to another boat. And that's where we have the scene where he basically throws himself on top of the girl. Right. I mean, she's very attractive, but Sam. The thing in your pants is too long. If anybody gets that joke, they're as old as we are. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, he, he just kind of gives up also. Right. Because everybody just becomes blurred dots on boats at this point. Right. It's just a lot of... The problem is, though, they go underwater again. So yeah. it, it totally kills that momentum. I remember why they go into the water. Because the scientist oh, wants to shoot him with the tranquilizer dart. But the thing keeps coming up and going, you know. But then I know, but you need the red dye. We need the red dye and we need the final this, outrageous thing in the movie. Yeah. This is it's a low tech approach. When, you didn't they didn't do this in Jaws. Um they didn't have the nuts to do this in Jaws. Yeah, what happens is bottoms <laughs> and scientists go in the water and scientists is attacked. Which was I was glad because I didn't I I dislike science. He wasn't killed instantly, so yeah he gets a last scene. So he's they, he's savaged so by they, murky water exactly because again you do not I don't even think you see a flash of teeth. <laughs> I don't remember anything like that. No, there was it's just worrying. It, they just whip the camera around. Right. And, it's the equivalent of doing earthquake by shaking the camera, and this is death by prehistoric monster by just shaking the camera and making bubbles. Yeah, yeah, pretty damn cheap. So they bring him up on the boat. Bottoms From the depths? <laughs> and French title. fried potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. they basically looking at this guy and yeah. they're like, oh, he's, 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 fucking, he's fucking done. He's all yeah. broke. I think they say he's all broken up. He's going to die. And he's dying. One of, I think the guys from his ship goes, oh, I got a lot of explosives, by the way. Yeah. So you want to yeah. just like blow up the fish? And then Bottoms yeah. goes, well, do we have any bait? Do we have any chum? What's pretty good is that their plan is worse than Forbes' plan. <laughs> Forbes at least has his self-interest right from the get-go, and he knows he's never going to get on a boat. Right. These idiots just rush. Even Sam Bottoms, they'll just run out right. and just hope something good happens. Yeah. So, yeah, he starts talking about bait. Right. So they got to bait him, and they go, well, let's, let's use the scientist. Yeah. They use the scientist's corpse. As chum, as bait. They hook him. We'll wrap this explosive around his chest. We'll use the anchor line as a What are you doing? Toe. What are you guys doing? Don't worry, Richard. You can't do that. It's not right. You didn't know him, lady. He'd have wanted it like this. 
Yeah. They, it's fucking insane. They put explosives in them? It's actually so sick. You know what I mean? Like, like all of Italy was like pissed off they didn't think of it. <laughs> you know? It was like, you know, at one point, everybody woke up and they Bava, Lamberto Bava, <laughs> all those guys, Bruno, they, Italy, they all whatever. woke up and went, shit, corpse bomb. <laughs> and uh, went back to sleep. Right. And right. So who cares? Again... In the larger sense, perhaps the movie was about how everything is marketable. Everything has a use. Uh, humans are just a means to an end. He yeah. didn't care that that girl died. And then he ends up literally on the hook. You oh, know? very nice. All, I don't know what it means. So and yes. they blow up the fish. I think it's just one of those standard, somebody threw dynamite in the right. water. Right, so the, the fish... And that's it. Yeah, I the think fish that's... blows up. We see the crowd on the beach... You know, yeah, they're, they're excited. They're excited. They're chefs with cleavers. Oh, I yeah, that's that. the other thing. There is a really neat running thing about how all the busboys and chefs keep showing up. That they're, they're, they're this kind of like, you know, Ted Healy's Three Stooges that, for Forbes. He's always yelling at them, but but you know, he's, he's practically slapping them on the head and on the back and pushing them around. It, it's like you're amazed that there isn't an Irish cop. You know what I'm saying? And that they all the cliches aren't brought out. This thing is so steeped in old timey entertainment. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, so check it's one it out. of the best worst movies I've seen. It's just rarely boring. And those are good pee breaks because when you look at the water a lot, you might get right. You know what I mean? Right. Your part bubbles. Yeah, your parts might get turned on. Mm. But not in a good way. I don't know what that means. I but you, maybe you had a lot of lemonade. Are these the pills talking? I don't know. <laughs> I'm usually this stupid without pills, right? Yeah. And then there's a couple of places where you actually might want to stop it, rewind it, and watch that again. Because it was... did Was that as stupid as I think I it was? It was. And it really was. Yeah. And it's it's a funny, funny disaster with a, with a funny backstory. That somebody made a comedy and somebody <laughs> else said, that ain't funny. And that's not going to sell. And put more horror into it and then they think they had it cut and i think this thing was a bomb yeah and i i think it was intentionally not even pushed that much it was I one think of those kind of like i mean I'm sure, i guess it eventually got onto video and everything this is one of those films where i wouldn't say like oh look at this un uncovered gem we found i am surprised that this isn't a bigger uh party film you know stupid right. film because yeah. it is um i don't know anything quite like it it's not saturday the 14th it's not you know, the Hudson brothers would have refused to be in this. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, you tr it's true. <laughs> Up from the razzle-dazzle <laughs> deaths. <laughs> yeah, maybe they would. Oh, the kids are going to love these. Oh, yeah, the kids are going to What the fuck are you talking about? I'm never listening to this old crud cast again, you old folks. You're a dime. You're a dime. What's a dime? You're a dime a baker's dozen. You're a bazooka Joe. Oh. Yeah, the kids ain't going to get these references. Go look up Hudson brothers... Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, starring Bill, Mark, and Brett, the Hudson Brothers. Super fun Razzle Dazzle Show, or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, they're probably these clips on YouTube. It was kind of like in the seventies. They said we should do the Marx Brothers again. How about instead we do the Ritz Brothers? Oof. Yeah, and then God yawned, and you and I watched it. <laughs> yep, I liked that show. When Loved I was it kid. as a kid. Loved yeah, anything that was loud, stupid, and made references and and to show business, I was I was I was good for. And I liked Up From the Depth. The movie is, it's its own special, exciting bad. Right. Which is what you usually don't get. Right. And it's, it's definitely worth a watch. It isn't available in a lot of places, but I feel like it probably will be soon. I would like people to possibly contact us and let us know what they think is the allure. 
Um, so we're going to do the good, good movie. The, our second movie is a good, good movie. In, please introduce, Paul, our good movie, which we are very fond of. Horror Express. Dude. Oh, that was... Cut that right out. <laughs> For two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice. Waiting to be free. Waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Yeah, Horror Express, man. I love Horror Express. Mm. Horror Express is uh, the definition of a cult film, I guess. I mean, it has always had a cult status. It was the kind of movie that I remember back in the day, it felt like a secret club that you knew about Horror Express because it hits, it was public domain and hit certain markets, but was the kind of film that they didn't show until after 11 yeah. because it's pretty bloody. And uh, they left a lot of that in. And it, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bloody for television at the time. It was a film I avoided as a kid because some of the <clears throat> TV ads for it were a little creepy. You know, I was actually a little spooked out for him when, when I was younger. Yeah, I don't remember the ads for it. And um, I thought it was a Hammer film. Sure. I and, mean, when we were kids, we thought everything was a Hammer film. Right. I mean, Tygon, uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, at, 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 Amicus. Amicus. You just thought everything was Hammer. Mm. That was the... That was the well, and, who knew, you know? And, you know? and the thing is, you get Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee in this. So who it, are Hammer. Yeah. So, yeah. But... When you're a kid and you watch the film, you're like, "This isn't a Hammer film." Yeah, you can. What it's, the fuck? It's it's yeah, it's it, it's not a Hammer film. I thought it was. I remember getting savvier about these things, and for some reason, latching onto the idea that this was an Amicus film, because um, Amicus films kind of had similar production values, which was just like a step below Hammer, but it has a sense of humor, and it's quicker paced, mm. and a little hipper, let's say. But when Horror Express is what, 72? 70, uh, 72. 72. The, and now I believe this thing got sold to television, that Horror Express gets sold to TV pretty quickly because of some copyright screw-up that lands it in public domain quickly, uh, much like Night of the Living Dead. These movies that um, ended up being fair game. You could sh As long as you got yourself a copy, and, and the copies were terrible, uh, the TV copies were very, very bad, very muddy. Right, and right. it's a film that's hard to watch if you don't have a good copy because it's there's a lot of scenes that take place in dark uh, dark lighting. Mm. So I remember it being a little hard to figure out what's going on. I first saw it, I was probably still in Brooklyn. Channel 9 had it, WOR TV, because they'd show anything. And I was turning channels and caught like the last five, six minutes. And I had not, I just wouldn't touch Horror Express for years, mm. the entire movie. It was, the end scenes are very, you know, if you're a little kid, they're basically zombie stuff. And there's, it's creepy. The music's creepy. The whole atmosphere was kind of looking back on it without being dull, but kind of reminding me a little bit of uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead, if they were a little cooler looking. Right. right. Just that kind of grody, creepy... The, the, I mean, we'll get we'll get to it, but the characters are not dressed. It's not modern. Mm. 
and it's not England or America. So everything looks archaic and weird and unfamiliar. When I finally watched it, I really liked it. And then coming to it when I was older, I just really loved it. Right. Horror Express has a lot of flaws, but Horror Express just, you know, if I was writing a shitty article about this, I'd say it just keeps rolling, if you know what I mean. It really does constantly add things, reinvent, and... Watching it as an adult, recently uh, Shudder, they have a creep show TV show. I I, I found out about this after the fact that they, because they could do it, they gank the footage and put characters into it. Right, there's a, it's a virtual reality where one of the characters ah. gets to live in the world of Horror Express. Do they actually say this is Horror Express? No, they do. Yeah, oh, it's wow. All, it's I'm all admitted. To, yeah. I'm going to have to see that. But that's what made me want to rewatch yeah. Horror Express again for the first time in a million years because there's good copies now. Watching it a few weeks ago, this was the first time I've really seen it. Mm. It's kind of like when we were talking about certain Giallo films like Deep Red and Suspiria. This is no, by no means... An, a film that's art directed that way but it's a film that knows what it's doing with its limited budget as far as mood and lighting I mean somebody was trying it's a good looking movie it's a good looking movie considering the fact that it's a movie cobbled together it's a really a cobbled together opportunistic film what I was going to say is watching this as an adult you spend a lot of time going wow that's Lovecraftian that's yes. the thing that's, that's body that, snatchers that was the, that was the thing love. there were more things that I caught on on this watching that obviously either went over my head or I just did not remember or I caught up in my reading or my watching. And yeah, mm. this, I always thought the aspect of the, the Lovecraftian aspect was simply the stuff that's a little bit like the thing, but it keeps going. Mm. There's, a little, there's more than just... The film is a pastiche of a lot of different influences. I mean, this movie is a... It's the thing from another world. It's Lovecraftian. It's, it's Murder on the Orient Express. It's Murder on the Orient Express. It's a zombie movie. It's a vampire movie. It's science fiction. It's horror. Um, it's period. It's It plays up knowingly that it has Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing in it. It, mm. it kind of winks at Hammer a little bit, the way that they use them. And it's funny. There's, intentionally funny. It's intentionally funny, and it's it, and it's got some Gonzo moments, courtesy of Telly Savalas. Every time I've watched this movie, I know Telly Savalas is in it, and at a certain point, I go, "When the hell is he showing up?" Yeah, he he shows up practically. He catches the bus at the last moment. <laughs> he, he catches the Horror Express at the yeah. last. It's really kind of like, oh yeah, and he. I always forget the opening of so Horror Express takes place. I can't remember. I'm shit with this stuff. It, they're going to Shanghai or they're leaving Shanghai. They're, they're going they're, to Russia. They're coming. They're go, they're, they're, I think they're going from Shanghai to Moscow. Yeah. On the Siberian. Yeah, supposedly the, the 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 train route is bullshit, but I, you know it's a it's a it's yeah. It's we a, weren't getting really, tickets for it. Yeah, so I'm not okay. getting on the fucking train, so I don't care. Right, and it's it's 1906. It's 1906. It's it which is perfect. Actually, Lovecraft. Ish right. timing. I mean, it's 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 right in there. We get a scene where uh, Christopher Lee, right. who's a professor, is in the snowy area. Yeah, he's in this Arctic waste type of thing, right? This, this and he, snowy waste, and thing. he finds what he hopes is a fossil that might be a missing link. Right. He's, and, right. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot. I always forget that they do show the 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 discovery. Right. 
And uh, and there's voiceover in the beginning that just feels very short, no, right. short story like. It feels right. like it. Well, which is a way to introduce the period and mm. the flavor. It's very pulpy. I mean, oh yes. it's a very pulpy story too. I mean, the writer, I forget his name. I wanted to look that kind of crap up. But you know what kind of podcast this is. <laughs> this stuff's all at your fingertips. We're talking about the movie, unless it's very, very important. Whatever. You yeah. know it was direct. But the the people who worked on this obviously knew their onions. They, they read this stuff. They li- They were fans of this stuff. You don't accidentally f- fall down and write this script. This isn't the case of a, a cheap movie that hired, you know, the way they always hire directors and writers who kind of like, this is the job they ended up with. Right. It, the writer seems to be enjoying well, this, the Well, I think the story is that they... Um, well, the film, yeah. It, they, how does this film come about they, they buy, in the first place? They buy it, well, the sets are leftover sets from other movies that they use. So they have sets that they dress up or sets that they use as the... Because uh, most of the movie... 95% of the movie takes place on this train yeah. that's traveling. Yeah. Uh, Which is a great scenario for a horror movie. Oh, you, I mean, it's like trapped. the narrow margin or Murder on the Orient Express. And they are completely trapped because not only are they, are they on this train, but it's ye olden times and there's, there's, they're limited in what they can do. And they're in the frozen tundra. They can't stop the train and <laughs> just get a helicopter to save right. these people or, or, or get them out of there. Right. Um, but, and, and they have, and the train itself, I think the train was the thing that generated the whole project in some ways. Mm. Somebody got a really good train, model train from a movie. Uh, they know what movie it is. I forget. And they go, let's make a movie around the train. We, you know, basically it was like, it was the, we have a location. We have this great house. Let's write a movie around it or let's, let's look for a great house that we can base the movie. And in this one, the haunted house is on wheels. Turns out that the production company would just buy short stories up. And they yeah. bought this as a short story. Really? Yeah, from a little-known American screenwriter and playwright. Huh. I did um, not know it was a short yeah. story. Uh, but I would be curious to see what the original short story reads like, how much of the, the pastiche is in there. Um, so they write it. Yeah, they write a movie. about. You have to write the movie towards the train and the sets, right. which means it's going to be a period piece that takes place... Um, which forces your hand, but limitations are right. often a great way to right. find your way to a story. Right. So we now see that uh, Christopher Lee has brought this specimen to the train station. The opening, they spend a couple of dollars. Yeah. They have a lot of extras and a lot right. of different outfits, a lot of different kinds of foreigners. They try to have a continental feel to that opening. Mm. There's a Chinese gentleman that is curious about what's in the box. He's right, a, he's there's a giant a, crate. There's right. your, your big crated monster right. thing, the, the ice. And it's he, on ice, I think, right? Isn't he's it? he's frozen in there, right. although they, they can't do ice well. Yeah, so the ice kind of does look... Yeah. yeah. So, so this guy winds up dying. He's and, a thief, right? Yeah, he's, he's a thief, yeah. and he has... They think, when they find the body, they think he was a blind man. Because right. his eyes are white. And they're trying to... Yeah, he's got these completely cataract... His eyes have these full white cataracts. An obvious effect, but really, whoever made the eyeball things, the eyelids... There's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of them. Stuff. White ones, red ones, glowing Blowing ones, reds, intermediate, blo- bloody ones. ones. They look great, even though they look... 
that you know sometimes a cheap effect can really stick with you. Even, right. Even you know you're you're almost practically going. Those ping pong balls are terrifying. Right. And even as the print looks better, you look at it and you go, well, that's the best they could do. But it's, it's kind still, of bothering me. They just it's kind of like old movies. I mean, you know, uh, Dracula looks cool, or for, you know, some of these things. You just have to put some smudges around a zombie's eyes and. For some reason, the Night of the Living Dead zombies look better than 90% of mm. the gore zombies that people spend all this time on. There's just a creepy theatrical aspect right. to it. And and you buy it. And the thing is, it's cool because they go, well, why would a blind man be... I mean, they really do answer their own questions that they raise. Well, well somebody that says he could see... What do you mean blind? He could see? Right. What are you talking about? They knew, That's right. The cops knew him. He was a known dick. Right. But at the same time, they're like, how could he have done... If he was blind, how could he have... Tried to undo this lock. Yeah, so, so it's a really interesting mystery right off the bat. If you think about it, you've got a story right there. Well, we meet... We meet the, our two main characters. Well, we, well, we, and we We've also... we met Christopher Lee. We meet Christopher Lee and also oh, there we three. meet... Sputin' the Mad Monk. How can you protect yourself from the forces of evil? Now, disguise yourself from the menace of press Putin the Mad Monk. The Mad, mad monk. monk. I never remember this guy's name. Christoph... Yeah. Um, Joe, Jacob, Russian guy. Yeah, um, uh, Yakov Smirnov. So he'll be called Rasputin for the. Yeah, rest Ra- we're gonna, that's a good. Yeah, he's basically Rasputin. Well, he is. He's he a, really is. Yeah. He's an Orthodox priest. He 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 travels with this couple uh, for weird reasons. I don't understand. I think he's their spiritual advisor. Yeah, and, and kind of like there's kind of Theosophy kind of shit going on. The the, the guy's a, he's not a lord, but what no, is he's he? He's a, a count? count. He's a count, and he, the count and countess. They imply that he's um, superstitious right. and uses, well, basically uses Rasputin the way that people used Rasputin. <laughs> this sets up not only Rasputin as an intensely crazy individual mm. who's doomsaying because he gets very angry with the authorities when they start, uh, he overhears them discussing what happened, I think, to the thief. And he goes off on this rant you know soapbox religious screed and they laugh at him and i think he does that weird thing that has absolutely no logic but is cool he tries to put a cross on the side of the crate and it won't the chalk won't take and it kind of freaks everybody out but um so he damns everybody and invokes god he's very religious he's pious he's insane he knows there's something wrong with this box he thinks Mm -hmm. this is some antichrist or something like that but he knows he goes this is some satanic shit here yeah. and then he tries to put a cross on it and it doesn't take it will not write kind of cute mm. they never explain that <laughs> but it's you know this is the thing the movie is full of ideas and texture and bits of business and if they don't make sense neither does the movie really so right if it's good you'll go with it if it's bad you won't right and then we meet Peter Cushing. Right, Peter Cushing shows up with uh, his assistant or friend or something. The, the other that's woman. right, the older lady. And and it turns well, I really, out I like that character a lot. It's just an interesting yeah. choice that his assistant isn't a beautiful young woman. True, we have two other beautiful young uh, women, but she's not a beautiful young woman. She's not a a, a game lad mm. uh, or anything like that. She's this. Obviously, they had a history together. They they're really friendly. She's a scientist. Mm, she like has he good is. lines. She has funny lines and good takes. And yeah, that's right. I forgot. I actually kind of forgot about her. So now we get into a situation where Christopher Lee is trying to get on on board. We we learn their characters in a in a right. single scene. They don't like each other. Christopher Lee is really 
Nasty. Right. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee's actually kind of nasty the whole movie. He's a nasty dude. But he's charming as hell. He's, he's so good in this. He's kind of James Bondy, if you know what I mean. Right. He's, he He does not suffer fools gladly. He doesn't give a shit about anybody. He's one of those, I only care for the truth. I only care for science. Kind of Patrick McGuhan bastardy, if you know what I mean. But charismatic mm. in that sense. Yeah. And he does not like... I forget what the deal is. Like Peter Cushing is kind of a, a, a dilettante, possibly. Yeah, I think he's it, like a rich guy he's, who's got contacts and money, and he, you know, they're kind of like those the dinosaur scientists that, that, who would steal each other's finds and things like that. You get the idea that there's been stories with these two guys, right? right. Which is done. Right. This scene collapses a lot of information in a very funny way mm. because Christopher Lee is refused tickets on the train. They're full. Mm. And his reaction is <laughs> to go bonkers. He basically st- comes short of being racist. You know, you almost feel like if this was a different movie, he'd be calling uh, the man behind the desk names and things like that. But he clears his desk. He throws everything off his desk. And Chris Lee's a big dude. You forget how big he is because usually he's in a lot of Hammer movies. He's in a monster outfit. But he's just in regular. And Peter Cushing's a little dude. Mm. And the guy behind the desk is a little dude. And Peter, and he just basically Frankenstein monsters out and starts yelling. It, super white privilege. Let's put it that way. And he goes bonkers when he realizes Peter Cushing has tickets. And he and Peter Cushing's being extra polite, extra diffident. It's, it's actually a very funny scene. So you immediately get the rivalry, the personalities, the different ways that they approach problem solving, mm. you know? Uh, one is very proper and the other is nuts. Right. And willing to resort to violence. He's a man of action. Peter Cushing is not our man of action, which continues throughout the whole mm. film. Yeah. It's a nice setup. Mm. They're so good. Mm. No, they just, ch- they, yeah. they carry this movie in a way. There's a lot of horror elements that work, but a lot of reasons that you, that this movie is, 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 likable is because the two of them are heroes right they're both the good guys and they're both the good guys even if they're even if they're arguing even if actually it's mainly christopher lee being a bastard (laughs) and peter cushing taking it but i love seeing them as as the heroes yeah i absolutely love that i think there might be one or two other movies where they both are not villains but they don't really work together they will have their scenes where they get together one's a cop one's a scientist that kind of thing but they Shot for one day with Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing. I think uh, nothing but the night or something like that has scenes like that where you don't you don't get the two of them on the cover of the comic together. You mm. know, I love it. Mm. I wish there was another half hour of just the two of them that we could watch. You yeah, know, something like that. Yeah. And then when the train takes off with the thing on board and people are curious and Rasputin's being weird, right? And Cushing is drinking tea, right? And, and, and being British well, and Christopher Lee. Well, they, they have to lock the crate in the back. So. And there's a lot of business about it. Yeah, for some, yeah. everything's difficult. It's, right. it, it, it really is like a Call of Cthulhu scenario. We just spent an hour going through customs in the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> and now we have to go home. Game over tonight, dude. Game over. You know? I rolled up my character. We went through customs. Well, you wouldn't have played if you rolled up your character. That would well, that's the thing. I rolled thing. up my, uh, twice back in the 80s. I rolled up my character and everybody's going, oh, man, it's 2 in the morning. We're going home. Jesus, at least kill me. Kill me. <laughs> I never played until like a few years ago. The crate is locked up. It's chained. Christopher Lee wants no one near it. Right. Christopher Lee's being a bully again. He won't tell anybody what's in it. So he's creating more mystery about it Mm. and its value. And he's bullying the staff. Count and Countess, who are 
They have their own with Rasputin. They're locking something in a safe in the back too. That Uh, is the MacGuffin in some ways. But it it actually has a. It does have a plot point. It has a terrific plot. It does have a great plot point. It's it's kind of like a double. It's the second miracle. There are two things that happen that give us yeah. backstory into what our creature is that yeah. I think are yes. very clever. So anyway, they're going on that. Christopher Lee wants, I think he, he's going to bribe the guy, in the, the choo-choo guy. Hey, to, look into this. Drill a hole. I want to know what's in there. And now we've got something's in the crate. Wait, who does? Does Peter Cushing? Peter Cushing. Yeah. yeah. Peter Cushing's like, let's right. see. What, yeah. and, I, and I'm not sure if we're introduced to the police inspector yet, who I'll, I want to call Chief Inspector. Chief Inspector! Chief Inspector, he's everywhere. Uh, another shout out to the eighth wave ska kids. Are they at the eighth? Are they at the eighth wave now? They're actually at the eleventh wave. The eleventh wave. Holy shit! Anyway, so yeah, there's there's shenanigans going on. Mm. There is an authority on the on there. There's the two rich guys. There's the the woman who keeps throwing herself at into at at Peter Cushing, and tries to throw herself at. Christopher Lee, and it's not because she's attracted to them. You you get the idea pretty easily. She doesn't have a ticket, possibly, or she's hiding. Something's going on. There's a that. mystery. So there's a lot of yeah more characters and moving parts than I remembered. Right. Uh, especially when you've got this linear train that can only mm. sustain so much storytelling until yeah. it stops once. So all these things are thrown into motion. The guy who works in the baggage counter is he the first victim i believe he's the first victim he There's... ends up looking into it right. out of we curiosity have... or whatnot There's the chain keeps coming off or something like well there's locks there's... that fall off right but well there's actually a scene where he i don't know how to put this in in where we're talking now but one of the interesting things in the movie is we're led to believe that what we have is a monster or a missing yeah like, like a pr- primitive man and that maybe it's defrosting right and that right. that's going to be our creature right but, it's it's just we got a, a monkey man practically a man in a in a hairy suit right. who's real but also con- but corpse a, a hairy well i was going to say corpse suit he looks like the coconut zombies in certain spanish and italian movies right. you know those yeah, zombies know that saying. look like coconut heads sure he sure. has a coconut he, head yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> coconut head zombie. So, um, <laughs> so the thing is, there's a scene where our monster yeah. is picking the lock. That's right. That's that scene. I did not remember. He, he's. You realize that the thing's alive. Number one, and it's intelligent. Right. But so what? What are we dealing with? I didn't even put this together. I didn't even realize that's because that's the that's the information he took from the thief. The knowledge of locks. Shit, he's working the chains and locks, which is what the dead thief was doing. And this becomes important because what people know and who people are becomes a running plot line in this movie. And it's important. It's yeah. Because our monkey man is actually not what he seems. Exactly. In the beginning, we have a couple of people killed, right? And I Oh, actually, I think the, the, little monster, the monster gets out and is destroyed. Well, the monster... Is attacked. No, well, the monster gets out and then hides for a while. Right. We have a murder... And we have an empty crate. Who, did, did, now, he mur- did he murder the baggage guy or did he murder... He, I think the first person he murders is one of the... Is the, right, the, 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 the ginger yeah, I think baggage one, guy? One of the, one of the train Yeah, guys, I right? think the guy who guards the baggage. There's another murder. And they're kind of trying to, even though you know who the murderer is, they're playing off with the cast that somebody on the... Tra- you know, that's where you get your right. uh, murder on the Orient Express. 
it's a murder mystery for them. You know that they're flailing. Right. How does the, the, the woman, the mysterious woman connect? How does Rasputin connect? I mean, the Count, you don't know. Right. Everybody's got a secret. Pretty good collapsing of a lot of information. What we find out is uh, eventually Peter Cushing and his uh, female friend are asked to help. Yeah. And it, look at the bodies because she, I think she might be a medical doctor. Right, even yeah, the problem oh, he is, is I, yeah he he's might the, be. he is a that's doctor. right. So is Lee it, and Cushing kind of truce, even though Lee is still being a snide guy because that's what you do for a while. You have him being a snide guy. So uh, Chief Inspector asks these two to look at it. Oh, that's right. They take his. They realize this is the first thing where it gets science fiction crazy. And when, gross. When they look at the brain, they take his fucking. They do an autopsy and they. They saw his head off, his, and, the top of his head off. And, the, and your brains are smooth yeah. because something is sucking out the memories. Yeah. Smooth as a baby's bottom. You saw this man today and he was normal. Absolutely. It must be a mutation, a freak of nature. What's so special about this brain? Learning and memory are engraved on the normal brain leaving a wrinkled surface. This brain has been drained. The memory has been removed. Like chalk erased from a blackboard. Yeah, it's nuts. The brain doesn't look very good. In fact, the brain looks like it should have the word nerf on it. <laughs> but, but, they go for it. They, they take the guy, you know, like the Hammer films, they unscrew the top of that guy's head. And, it, and he's on, oh, he's, he's got the blind eyes. Right. They he's got the white, white eyes, eyes, which is the connection to the thief. And yeah, his all of the bumps and I, I don't I don't remember what you call them. Uh, on, you know the, the ridges the, in your the brain. ridges in your brain are gone. Right. So he's got this like bootleg nerf brain. Right, because and, and they're all like this is impossible. Right, this almost has a giallo approach in this part. The science part of this has a ocular component that's kind of like um, four flies or. Um, Cat of Nine Tales, where right. you know it, we bring we we start to move towards where the eye is a recorder, right, of information, right, which is another kind of that's kind of a third miracle, but it's like pseudoscience, right. If you let it go, you're like, well, yeah, that's what they believed back then, that, right? That the um, the eye records last memories and death, or the eye records memories. Right. Throughout your right. life, and I think whatever. they even make it more. I think they say the creature's brain is in its eyes. Yeah, which is, you know, which kind of sucks because if you're crying, what if the creature sees a sad movie like Old Yeller, and the creature cries, and then it loses all its memories of the ice capades and birthday parties. The creature might laugh at the end of Old Yeller. That's true. He's a creature. Yeah, he's not a nice guy. Prick. Although, you can't blame him. <laughs> Much like the thing, that's the aspect of the thing that's going on because we find out. We then have body swapping stuff. Memory swapping and body swapping. Well, it's convoluted. Right. What, what, as more people are killed on the train, there is finally a confrontation with the creature. Yeah. In and it's kind of odd because the creature kind of doesn't show its hand to keep the script going because it doesn't act the way it acts later. You could say maybe it was weak. Right. I mean, you know, but the creature stays in its prehistoric man suit. For really no reason that that's given mm. from what you learn later. But okay, he's a monster. Right. Kill, has the monster killed the the woman scientist? She goes looking. She's they been, go looking for somebody. Right. The woman, the woman scientist has been killed. Oh. The, 
and the mystery woman is, I think, the woman. next victim. It turns out she, she tries to steal the thing that the count and countess right. have secreted in the back. Right. She breaks into and the And it's surprising that she's an early victim yeah. because you felt like they would, even though they had another attractive woman, she felt like a character that was going to stick around. Mm. And unlike Up From the Depths, where they introduced characters in, in, in a way that made no sense, it was, it's an actual good fake out. Mm. She's attractive. She's uh, flirting with our male lead. And she's a pretty vibrant character. She's mm. cool. Like, I would have, like, wanted her to stick around because she seems like she might be our plucky girl who's mm. going to be with our heroes. But she yeah. she gets knocked off. And they realize she's a thief. They start... So that... She's removed from the... From the... And then they were none stuff. She's knocked out. Right. And then we lose the scientist, the, the female doctor or scientist assistant. And I liked her, too. Yeah, like, I really... I really I, she her. doesn't have a lot yeah. of scenes, but there's just something... Miss Jones, I shall need your assistance. Yes, well, at your age, I'm not surprised. With an autopsy. Oh, well, that's different. She's just a real character. Everybody's a real character. Mm. Most of them are a real character. And Rasputin's yelling crazy doomsday shit right. while all this happens. So, uh... But then we... Right, sorry. Lee, we have the confrontation with the monster Lee, yeah. who's been outed and... Is shot by Chief Inspector. Yeah. Yeah. But... Pretty plucky there. But as the creature is dying... He's staring. He doesn't leave. And what we now find out is that the creature can jump between bodies. Yeah. The creature will stare you in your eyes with the but needs the needs the darkness. It It does it we but it it, in it's in the dark of the baggage thing. It's a dead body. He doesn't leave with everyone else. He kind of looks back and either he's locked in psychically you know what i mean either he's being commandeered like a vampire but the next thing you know uh this thing has invaded him and we're done with the creature and we now have our new villain for a while right but that's yes we get to this weird his eyes go but the interesting thing is we also he he's not he as this guy is moving around as chief inspector is moving around the train now yeah so chief inspector is now our creature is now our creature but he's also has the memories of Chief Inspector. Yes. He's not just... It's not like the hidden. And he can talk like the Chief... Yeah, he can talk like Chief Inspect, the Chief Inspector. He is clearly shown as playing cat and mouse with everyone. But what is he up to? Is he just trying to... We don't know. Is he just trying to kill him? He's obviously staying within the Skinwalker thing. He's staying inside. And he's got a position of power, so he can go anywhere he wants. Maybe he was waiting to get somebody of power. He's got memories of the things that he's... Take it over and jump. He can be a thief. He can be a lock picker, and now he's a uh, he's a cop. Right. He's accumulating the memories. Right. And our heroes are doing an autopsy on the missing Link's body. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when they examine the eyes, they see primitive Earth. Right. They see imprinted memories of. It's a terrible effect. It looks like they're looking at a uh, ladybird book or a little golden book of your dinosaur. And they're like, here's the bron- there's an old style brontosaurus and there's a turret and they're going, <laughs> brontosaurus. Yeah, it looks like a viewmaster reel. Like they had to take this is one brain out and put it in another brain out. This creature has been lo- logging memories and I, I'm not exactly sure where they realize that it's an... It's not a primitive man, but something was inside the primitive well, man. They, they oh, see, they see the spaceship. They see, well, they they see, see the Earth. Earth. They see the Earth right. from space. So now You see an sh- a, 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 right. a establishing shot 
of the entire Earth, so they know that something came from space. Right. So that a lot. So, so we they, have that done. So now we know we're dealing with an alien from space. Yeah. That can kill people, needs the dark, and can jump bodies. And steals your memories. And steals your memories and takes all your talents. Through the and eyes. And yeah, learns your talents and abilities. Psychically absorbs your ability and can act as you. If somebody said, who, who, you know, who won the World Series, and they would answer. Right. That's what, so, so you get body snatchers and you get the thing. The thing for sure. Well, right at this point, you definitely have who goes there like up the yin-yang. Right. I mean, you've got space alien frozen is stuck on earth destroyed ship except instead of being its own body it's this thing is probably a non-corp corporate well corp, i think they, i don't know how to pronounce yeah. it might just be an energy field well, like I think star they, trek they some say, cheap effect. i think they actually say that it's an energy creature yeah it, it's probably just you know a, a, an invisible you know which is very lovecraftian mm. and and then you add that to the lovecraftian rip of who goes there and you've got a really good Frankenstein patchwork monster of influences and ideas. Once our main characters realize that the creature is still around. Yeah. I mean, I, they do who, believe it's, I think they believe it's dead at that point. At first they do, yes. And then we find another bizarre uh, logic lapse that people who like the movie skip over or just go, huh? which is the chief inspector has a creature hand. You can understand why they did this. But they kind of live to regret it because yeah. it makes no sense. The, so the, the inspector constantly has to hide his hand. And it's a way to up tension. It's a way to make sure that you know he's still, the, you know what I mean? It's, it's a marker. It's a visual. It's a creature feature thing. You know, it serves a lot of purposes. It just doesn't work. No. Because then you're like, is this really like the thing now? Is, this, is he going to start mutating? Uh, is he going to have the lockpick's hand show? You know what I mean? Is he going to have long red hair? Right. Can they, he absorb a dog? Can he absorb... They use the hand as a trigger so when other characters see the hand, they instantly realize they're fucked. Yeah. But if the guy's eyes were glowing, that would have been good enough. Because they use that for the rest of the movie. So at no point when the creature does some more uh, body swap, when it invades other bodies, nobody gets that hand. Nobody has that vestige of the creature it's a weird it almost feels like something that would have been cut from an earlier draft that's yeah. that that stayed in it does some things that don't make sense and uh but they're not deal breakers for me no i mean there's not you know phantasm does things that make no sense they're not deal breakers for me they pull it off but yeah that makes no sense the eyeball thing looks ridiculous right. you kind of just have to wince through it right. the smooth brain uh, you can just concentrate on the skull cap because that's nice and bloody and silly right. looking. I mean, it looks plastic. Right. It's, it's obviously... This but it, is they're a, going for it. They, it's not they're hard trying, science fiction. But they're trying to shock you and thrill you right. and surprise you. Right. And it's actually creepy. The atmosphere is it is a creepy movie and for its day, it is scary. Right. Which Hammer films aren't. No. And very few Amicus and Tygon films are. No. So now, now we have Chief Inspector Creature. Right. Who is, interestingly enough, can now give us background and motivations for our monster. Because right. he talks, which yep. is an interesting thing. We, we find him going to one of the characters we've seen throughout the movie, this younger gentleman with glasses. Right. I forget and, who he is. The blonde guy. Right. And he, asks, you know, he asks if he's a scientist. Are you a scientist? An engineer, but I try to keep up with things. The chief inspector is asking, hey, do you think it's possible to get off this planet? Yeah, he starts bringing up these like pseudo-scientific philosophical hey, questions. Think, and of possible? course, he picks the young man's fancy or 
his locks. I don't know. And they start having this talk that basically is, you know, exposition flashing. It's handled fairly well because right. what happens is the screenplay tries to match everything up. They really do try to go answer your questions you might have. They answer the questions that the script has. And he goes in there and he kind of flatters the guy and kind of comes around. They don't have a ton of time to do it, but he doesn't just come in there and go, what do you know about spaceships? Right, right. You feel like this guy came to the planet. He invaded a bunch of creatures. <laughs> he came here and there was nothing. Right. This place sucks. He, he's frozen. He waits. He gets unfrozen. You know, he starts absorbing people. And the first thing he's doing is like, how the fuck do I get off this? Which is kind of great. Earth gravity. You know how to measure it? How to measure gravity? What I would like to know is, can gravity be overcome? Uh, if you mean, can man get beyond the gravitational field of the Earth into space? Not yet, but any day now. How it's do I really get off he this? does the thing. He does the. But that happens in the. He thing. does the thing in the second the the, the Carpenter film. Right. He doesn't do that in the uh, Hawks no. Nyby, but he, in the Carpenter one, he's building. A he's spaceship. building a spaceship. What's cool about it is there's never the motivation of killing for the sake of killing. It is like the thing. It is trying. They take that whole cloth. It's just trying to go home. Right. Right. It doesn't give a flying fuck about Earth or the people. In fact, it could probably take over the world. Actually, I think Chief Inspector kills the doctor girl when the monster's Chief Inspector. I think you're right. He has to, He has people that he knows saw the eye. He's going to go after Christopher Lee. He's oh, go right, right, right. That's, who, gonna, he, that's who he that's has That's true. He is going after them because they're the natural enemy. He's trying to get information and he's also trying to corner people. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. The way people die. It has a very specific... Right. They can't... That There's no energy effect or superimposition or animation. Uh, basically, the creature in whatever guise it's in locks eyes with you. They keep cutting back and forth between right. the victim and the, right. the, the, the monster. Or they'll do these soft focus, kind of very 70s dream-like. The person is in pain, but it's almost swaying... And each time they'll cut back, it's almost like when they would fake the werewolf mm. turning into... The blood will start... The eyes get whiter and blood starts to run down their face. This is an image that stayed with me. And I, if I'm just drawing monsters, I'm the white eye with the blood right. running out of it is just a... Right. And our monster has this icon from, glowing from, red eyes. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of the... You know, think about how they do it. They, with either cheap effects or CGI. And they'd look goofy... This looks goofy too because they have to put prosthetics. The eyes bulge out, yeah, but and it look still cheap. looks fucking disturbing. It, and at the same time, really grotesque, right? And wrong. Mm. And yeah, all the eye effects work really well, even when it looks like the eye might just fall out. It's a good theatrical effect. Mm. But yeah, whenever somebody dies, they have they the, the director goes into this method of not showing direct action on the eyes. I never really liked that kind of way of doing stuff but it kind of works they do a decent amount mm. job of it and they don't let it last too long where it gets boring mm. when it takes in memories or transfers itself and leaves its old husk there'll be this kind of dance and it's just cre and you know i remember as a kid really feeling bad for the people like i just thought it was an awful way to go everything about this is sort of unique even the stuff that it rips off the deaths are weird, the fights are weird, the creature is weird, right. the reasoning is weird. Everything's off a little bit. There's, the, even Rasputin is not just a giggling Renfield. He's crazy and all that, but they try to put a little bit of oddballness into right. him. 
So where are we right now? We well, are the, the, the cat and mouse with the right. well, now, chief also, inspector. Also, once they know that the creature's alive, they come up with a test like the thing. Oh, yeah. yeah I never thought of that. When, I never thought about because that. Because when, when our younger guy who he's asking about escaping gravity... When he's killed, there's someone sleeping in his compartment. Oh, that's right. He's killed. That tips it off, too. And right? the thing is, well, wait, the lights were on. Yeah. And then the, but when you woke up and the guy was dead, the lights were off. They, they, they figure, they suss it out. Right. Darkness is important. The, right. And, and we've seen the killer in whatever guys want darkness yes, they before. Turn, turning the lights off becomes a scary thing yeah. in this movie. At, at, at one point, they do a, uh, a, a, a creepy thing where he's about to kill. Peter Cushing, I think. He turns the light off. And I think Christopher Lee just walks in with a blunderbuss <laughs> or something like that. He's like, God, what the hell are you doing in here? And, and you, you, it's like the alien is just well, he has a fuck. Right, he has a great It's look. very funny. And he, the, the chief inspector says, so you, you two are working together now? Yeah. It's alive. In someone on this train. You're a very good detective. You've discovered everything except who is now the host. But that's our next step. Thought this might come in handy. Oh, good idea. Two of you together, that's fine. But what if one of you is the monster? Monster? We're British, you know. And at some point, somebody mentions that the something about you could be you two could be the monsters. <laughs> the, th- yeah. the thing yeah, kind of I joke. Have, yeah, I have, yeah. And Peter Cushing just goes, "Monsters, we're British," <laughs> yeah. and it's just very. Perfect. Yeah, it's the funny line. It's the line that everybody remembers right. from this one, and it's just, it's just Peter Cushing. And then, because once the blonde guy's done, it's over. They right. know that the creature has somehow come back. Right. And that's when they start to put things together. It's jumping. Right. It's learning. Right. It's here. I believe at this point now, Rasputin has also been sneaking around he's enough following the chief he, inspector. He's, be, he's he saw the arm. Right. He's is he Satan? What is he? Right. And, and it's a little raw head Rex. It's a priest. Yeah, it's a little stuff. weird. That's right. And the chief inspector du- has an opportunity to kill him, but you kind of feel like there's two things about it. One, they have to get the chief inspector. They need him to realize that the chief inspector is the monster. They need him to not die yet. Um, and it's like the chief inspector, you could possibly argue a way that it's kind of like, I don't need to know you what you know. You know bullshit. Your religion. I don't need to know religion. You're also crazy. And nobody will believe you. So yeah, Rasputin basically starts little dog to the big dog. It's like following Spike around and talks to it, wants oh, to yeah. know about it. I never found the the way that the Rasputin character kind of goes from this uber-religious nut to this uber-Satanist nut. It's almost like he just basically goes, right. well, this is, a, this is a better... This guy's got the real power. Right. That's kind of what it is. It... it that is not nuanced really well, as a lot of other things are. He basically just like flips sides. Mm-hmm. He like he really looks like he digs uh, the chief inspector monster, and he just wants to be his best friend and learn from him and all that kind. Of, you know, all that cliched stuff. Right. I you are my master now, and but it doesn't. It feels a little rushed. It's forced and it's rushed. Yeah. And then you sit there and you go, okay, wait. I thought Telly Savalas was supposed to be in this movie, and at the hour mark. Yeah, you forget. Telly Zavala shows up because uh, I believe Peter Cushing actually does message the... Uh... I could not understand that scene very well. Watching it, I was paying attention to how things were playing out. And 
I'd almost be curious if you, if you, because I can't tell, like, what were the orders given to Telly Savalas? It's like there's no communication from the guy on the wireless. And it, it's like they say that they're stopping it and there's a problem, but it doesn't feel like anybody. They introduce Telly Savalas in the funny, you know, he's, he's under blankets with a woman and, he's, and starts saying crazy shit. He's, he's eating the scenery. He he's eats the scenery. The and top. supposedly they let him improvise his dialogue. I know about telegraphs, little papa. I know about trains. I know about electrical currents. On your feet, everybody! Outside, full pack! Tell me, little father. You believe in the devil? Yes, your honor. Oh, good. Send a telegram. Tell him that Captain Kazan... He knows that a horse has four legs. He knows that a murderer has two arms. But still, the devil must be afraid of one honest Cossack. Hmm? That he just basically, all that crazy stuff he says is telly. Yeah. On your telly. <laughs> and it's just so weird to see Kojak the Cossack He's got this huge... He looks great, even if he looks fake. Yeah. Even if he's a Greek guy playing a Russian captain or, you know. He's insane. He's insanely over the top. As a kid, I remember being almost as scared as of him mm. because he wasn't making sense and he was being really threatening and kind of off balance. Because he, he doesn't... He says crazy shit. He starts kissing people. Little father. Yeah. Little... Fa and he starts kissing everybody and insulting them and then saying that it's a weird... Basically, he get he he's a he's a cop. He's a soldier, or he, I think he's an inspector yeah, or a captain his, of an yeah, with police. His and, and they're just a bunch of dirty always, shits that they that they stop the train and they all clamber on. Right, and he's looking for spies, and he's looking yeah. He doesn't for, seem to actually know what the deal is. He's looking for spies. He's he thinks all this shit's going on. He hates everybody. And, he he really hates everything. Right. He's and, just he's ready to he's pissy to everyone except the count and countess. He lets them go back to their room. Right. Everybody else, he lords over and treats like right. he, he he invited them to a party to piss on them. Off-putting and weird. Right. And now, unfortunately, things are coming to a head. During the test, they actually went around, our heroes went around and looked into the eyeballs of people thinking right. that somehow they would re reveal red or they would know yeah, by their eyeballs. they were trying to... But then they realized, oh no, it has to be in the dark. Right. So now... And the captain is acting weird. Yes. The captain, the the the, uh, the, chief, the chief inspector, is outranked by Savalas, and Savalas is basically going, "What the? What have you been doing? You know, what's up with? What's going on?" And basically lays into him, half bullying him, half suspecting him because he suspects everybody. <laughs> Players card. I love the good life, the excitement, and I love VIP treatment. So you come here, take a look. This Players Club card saves you big at some of the finest resorts of the world. Atlantic City, Las Vegas, Reno, Lake Tahoe. <laughs> it's so weird, that scene. It really is. And then Rasputin then takes out a cross and threatens some Cossacks. Yeah. And Telly Savalas goes, why are you trying to protect Chief yeah, he, it, it's a weird, it's a bit of a leap, but yeah. it works. It, it's, it needs to accelerate he, the plot. It, it, feels, it, it feels like basically what's happening in this script is that Rasputin jumps to the defense of his beloved space alien, sees where this is going, and jumps the gun. 
almost literally. And, you know, he, he's trying to run interference. The Cossacks go crazy. He's revealed this shooting, this shit going on. Chief Inspector gets right. shot and goes, staggers off. And Rasputin's the... basically, he meets, and it's like, come into me. Right. That's right. The Chief Inspector is killed when the Cossacks open fire. Everybody panics. A guy walks by with his head bandaged <laughs> at a surfboard. No. Uh, and Rasputin finds him in the back in a very creepy scene where he willingly invites the creature in. Right. Which is sort of vampire and mm. just, you know. Yeah. And then we have our creepiest version of the human creature. Right. Because uh, Rasputin looks nuts. Also, we should mention that the, the Count, who, right. who had the valuables put in the safe, that's actually a super metal. Yeah, it's, that's the, the weird bit. Which but is... the alien... That the alien could use yeah. to possibly build a ship with. Yeah. So Has the alien learned about it by that time? I think he's learned about or it does a Rasputin because Rasputin might know. I can't remember. I can't but yeah. remember if Rasputin. But he knows about it, yeah. and he realizes this is the, this is what he can use to build his right. spaceship so if we, he gets the secret of this. Right. So, so it all does play into so it know, in a crazy way. Right. Yeah. So he kills the younger guy because he studied with someone who understands gravity, and he ends and, up with his information. Right. The count is killed, so he could get the right. The of count the metal. is killed. Right. 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 The countess is still fine. And she's saved. Now we've got a, a, a crazy ending where everything gets nuts. Yeah, things turn again. You go from a horror movie about a, 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 a half-human, apey creature into a science fiction, soul-stealing, memory-stealing monster that's jumping bodies. And then we get Cossack action. And then we get more stuff Yeah, that gets pulled out of a hat. At this point now... Our creature goes after Telly Savalas and the Cossacks. I think Telly gives him a few shots. After all the Cossacks are killed, Telly Savalas is still holding on. He's like, he is a badass. He's, he's oh, he definitely slow. is. He definitely he's, he's trying he's, to kill he's, this he's monster. Our, he's our special guest star. Rasputin creature comes out. He just starts psychically murdering everyone. He stares at everyone in this. The lights go out. Yeah, the lights just, smash out or something like that. And he slaughters all the Cossacks. They're all. Like Carrie, there's and this, there's a pile of bodies, like a Frazetta a, painting. Horrible scene of all these dead people on the floor. Of this, yeah, and they're all crying blood and yeah. screaming. And horrific. It's shot really well, and it's just yeah, it's just it's a nightmarish scene for especially for a young kid watching this on his own TV, you know, in the middle of the night. And Telly is doing the Captain Kirk, you know. <laughs> I might not be the strongest one here or the baddest one here, but I'm the biggest name here. So I'm going to be able to survive the sonic attack longer than Spock. So he's rolling around trying to get up on his sword. I remember as a kid feeling really freaked out by this celebrity because mm. I saw it. Kojak had been a thing already. Watching him get wiped out like this. Yeah. When he was supposed to be a big star and I thought he'd be a bigger part of the movie and I thought he'd be maybe the, the big brute hero, you know, that they'd work with and he couldn't be defeated. And... He gets up a couple times, but he doesn't do shit. He he goes down, white eyes, blood all over the place. And that's when we get Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing split up. Everybody run. Everybody who is panicked is run to the front of the train. Basically not, got most of the people going to the last car so they could... Yeah, whoever's not dead. Is running to the to the back. Right, they ran to the back. That's they're right. They're the in, the, in fact, they're in the baggage, the same baggage. Right. And Christopher Lee with, um, with the Countess is now trying to make their way to, the, to Peter yeah, Cushing and them. Yeah. So you've got a survival horror thing with right. it. And then... And they're trying to get away from Rasputin. And then... The scariest scene yeah. for us kids. Right. 
It doesn't make any sense necessarily, but who cares? Right. Rasputin raises the Cossacks and everybody he's just killed. Yeah, zombie Cossacks, including Telly Savalas. Terrifying. With, with the bloody eyes. Oh, well, first, Christopher Lee and the Countess have to fight their way through an, an enclosed space with blind, grasping, dead Cossacks <laughs> grabbing at them, which is kind of like... For modern terms, kind of like the, the demon nurses, the, the, the dead nurses in Resident Evil. What Evan meant to say was Silent Hill. Please forgive him. You know, who are just sort of more grasping all over the place than solidly running after you. And it's terrifying. And there, there's no place to run except through the center. So Christopher Lee is basically stabbing, grabbing, choking. <laughs> Uh, the Countess doesn't do anything, but he saves her a few times, and they're kicking. See a sequence of shots of dead, creepy Cossacks in those big coats and everything. They just look cool, grabbing at the ankles of people as they go by, throwing themselves at them. Some of them have their weapons still, and uh, he butchers them. I mean, it's not super bloody, but yeah, Christopher Lee basically goes uh, Peter Jackson on them. Right. If it was a modern movie, he'd have a lawnmower. And all that stuff, but he he kills he re-kills almost right. all of them. And there's a time element. They're told at the train station, divert this train. Yeah, they're basically to told to sacrifice kill the train. They, somebody somehow they get the uh, they they know that there's something wrong with right. this and train. One of the guys says, "I guess it's war." And they divert the train right to to, to, to a cliff. cliff because all trains have a diversion to right. fall off a cliff so so you have that one's weird uh, so but they Peter do they, they set up the timer right. the you know the exploding bomb type thing which is terrific right at the you end. got you got peter cushing and the survivors from the train now in the back waiting and hoping to disconnect it yeah at some at some point after the big fight peter cushing gets his two cents in and realizes why don't we just detach this car and save everybody but he can't do it yeah he's and, having real problems because he's poor peter cushing he's, right. he's weak Christopher Lee shows up with the Countess. Lee gets on top of it with right. Peter Cushing and they start unhooking it. And the Cossacks, the dead Cossacks, get up again. <laughs> They're unstoppable. It's, right. you know, it's a full-on zombie movie. And then... And Rasputin is with them. And his eyes are glowing. And, and his eyes are glowing. And... and then you see them divert the train. You see somebody outside pull the track and you get shots of the model of the train. It's really well done for the budget. And for the... I mean, yes, you can tell it's a train and a model set it's a good train and a good model set and you don't just get the time now you get inertia will the last car follow the other cars even after the, will it have enough forward force to fall off the cliff with the rest of the train because Rasputin like all good villains realizes the jigs up yeah, he knows psychic. he's like oh yeah somehow he knows that they've diverted he's got the wireless in his head <laughs> and you can see him doing that ah shit and the train model, they, they destroy their train model. And there's a big explosion. And the boxcar just come in movie fashion. just And they all look down and they can see. Yeah. And that's it. And they're alive. And the monster's dead. And the monster is and definitely it's done. dead. And it's Isn't done. that nice? That's what, an hour too? and a half? Yeah, a little less than an hour. It's, oh, and then they, they pull out and show the earth. Yeah. Which almost gives you that Lovecraftian right. wink of the earth is a small little dot. Yeah. Amongst little dots, and the cosmos don't care. Yeah. This can happen. This could not happen. Right. This matters. This doesn't matter. It's just overly ambitious for a movie that was made about a train model. Yeah, and I, it's so much better than it needs to be. Yeah, I, I don't think it fails in anything. I, I don't. No, think it does the logic. Badly. The logic gaps 
are noticeable. The effects that don't work are super noticeable. But I can sit through bad effects if I'm enjoying the film. I can live with that. And there's a lot of effects that are noticeable and effective. Yeah. I mean, it's personal taste. I mean, there are some people who obviously sit through this and it's dated. It's not scary. It's the zombies are not what they want. There's not enough gore. It's a hipper Hammer film. With, well, I think it has it has more meat on its yeah. bones there's, than most Hammer films. There's kind of like, this guy obviously knows about Lovecraft. He knows who goes there. Nigel Neal, probably. I mean, there's so many things you could point to accurately or even not accurately as a fan, as somebody who watches a lot of movies and reads a lot of this stuff, and go, this is all familiar. Mm. The writer stirred it up in a really nice way. The performances are mostly good or great, mm. and they're, everybody's having a lot of fun. And the director does a really, really decent job under difficult circumstances. Shooting on a train is really hard from anything you've read about the narrow margin noir or silver streak or any you know mm. you're locked into you cannot do certain shots right. especially when you have no budget to take the camera outside the set windows or move it along like that and you don't really have a train the soundtrack is really interesting that's a thing to talk about for sure because it's a big part of the movie and it's actually even a plot point yeah um, it's uh, somebody I was reading somebody and they said this was something that's done in a lot of movies in the 70s especially overseas the person who I read something about after I saw the movie was that there's a lot of movies where a character will write a piece of music or sing a piece of music in this case whistle a piece of music and it becomes part of the it's it's played over on the soundtrack or and or other characters pick it up oh that's interesting yeah that, that, huh. that, that and it's probably in some giallo or stuff like that mm. where like in this movie I believe Christopher Lee plays... No, somebody plays the, the piano. Countess, the Countess plays the theme song on the piano as if the theme song was released on a wax cylinder or whatever beforehand. And it's part of the soundtrack, but it also gets whistled by certain characters. It's a very haunting piece of music, a simple piece of music. Mm. It really is one of my favorite horror films. I don't know if it's the best, but I am super fond of it I, and just find it a real outlier. I, I found I found rewatching it after all this time, these last two times yeah. in the last month, that it blew me away. It holds up. I mean, the thing is, part of it is, I think that modern viewers who like it or people are, you're filling in missing stuff maybe, mm. or you're, you're maybe going, I see what they're going for here. But it's, it's a singular movie. I get it if people don't like it. I, I love it. What I would say is definitely if you're going to seek this out, it's on a lot of streaming services, but I think all of those copies look like shit at the moment. Yeah. Buy a good copy. Seek out a good copy of this. Yep. Take a ticket on the Horror Express. I'm sure somebody uh, has said that uh, before. <laughs> I hope not. Find the podcast online at tearthemapart.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Twitter at TearThemPodcast. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash TearThemApartPodcast. Girl School Screamers is being restored. Holy shit. I hope there's new scenes. <laughs> I'm Doc... Wait, what's his name? 
I'm Dr. My name is Dr. Robert Fisher. Picturing specific people from our lives in the 80s right. in boats sinking with right. guns. And- I see Paul. I see- <laughs> Mind you, I was naked at the time.